Hello and welcome to the Sailorville Church Parenting Podcast. Our goal is to partner with parents to find biblical solutions to real-life issues. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Parenting Podcast. Today, we are having a conversation about foster care. I'm your host, Jared Leonard, and with me is my beautiful wife and co-host, Alyssa Leonard. Hello. And our guests today are David and Jenny Hartwig. Say hi. Howdy. Hi. (laughs) Would you, uh, one of you anyway, I think David was going to do this, mind sharing the ages of your children? Yeah, absolutely, Jared. Uh, We've got a six-year-old daughter, Everly. We have a four-year-old son, Milo, a three-year-old son, Liam, and a two-year-old daughter, Austin. Did he pass, Jenny? Yes. Yeah, she was a little concerned. I was. Don't ask concerned. me birth dates. But I got ages <laughs> right now. Yep, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, some of some of our listeners may or may not know. Um, my wife and I are also foster parents. Oh, I should have said David and Jennifer are foster parents, and that's why they are on this uh, conversation about foster care. And so are my wife and I. And so they're um, also part of the leadership of the Hartford Des Moines foster care team. Yeah, that's also important. (laughs) Um, But that's why we thought it would be appropriate that they would come on. Um, They happen to be friends of ours as well. So we're excited about this uh, conversation that we're going to have. So uh, Alyssa, go ahead and get kicked off there with the first question. Well, we just want to start with kind of hearing your story of how you became foster parents. What got you started? thoughts david (laughs) yeah so we started um pretty early on my father was actually uh adopted at a young age by a relative and i spent uh the majority of my youth uh hearing sermons about how that affected him and how that played an impact in his salvation how that impacted um just the whole trajectory of his life and by extension mine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's, that's really what planted the first seeds for me and what made the idea of adoption or foster care specifically seem like a normal option to choose for, um, for, for raising children. Um, after that, uh, once we joined Sailorville, we got plugged into a, a small group. So small plug there for small groups. <laughs> community uh, they're groups. Commu- yeah, they're <laughs> called community I'm groups I'm going to get now. in trouble for that with Jason. <laughs> we won't tell. <laughs> um, with uh, Sean and Julie Fletchall, they were in the process of fostering uh, a, a child. And it was, to be honest, it was, it was a difficult time for them. Uh, it was a hard child, um, but we were able to come alongside them and see the efforts that they put in and to see the positive impact they made in his life and to see how they handled that. Um, and then the, the kind of the last thing, the, the last key thing that kind of happened was um, it was a Sunday night at Sailorville. The McLeods came and uh, they were a foster family that attended Sailorville at the time. And they, they did a, a similar to this, where they talked about what it was to be a foster parent and, um, how that, uh, how that played in with their salvation and how that played in with their, with their faith. Um, we listened to that message and Jen looked at me and said, would you be interested in this? And I think it took me what, 24, 24 hours. And I was, I think I said, yeah, let's, let's start 
let's start taking the next steps forward one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you're, you coming from a family with an adoptive father. I wouldn't say you were like, you, you never talked about like, we should be a part of this or anything. I just think that because it was just a normal, it wasn't unnatural, which I think it is kind of an unnatural idea for a lot of families. So not, it's not super common always for the guy to be the one that's on board right away. But I think because of that history, that was easy for him. And then once I became educated, we both became educated in foster care, then it just was a very clear calling from the Lord. But we did go to our people and we, in that 24 hour time frame, we went to our parents who are local and um, you guys and other community that we knew would be kind of our go-tos because we did have a baby at the time and we knew we wanted to pursue more biological children so we knew it would be we would need a village and so quite frankly if our tribe was not on board we probably knew that it wouldn't be for us right now because we knew we would need that extra support so the affirmation from our community was really kind of what sealed the deal. And we're thankful for all those voices. I know the first person I talked to was my cousin and I said, I don't know, maybe it's a later thing. She's like, this isn't a later thing you need to obey now. And I think having those, you know, spiritual rocks in our, in our life to know us well enough to, Mm -hmm. to say those hard things and push us into that obedience um, was huge. So, yeah. Yeah. Well then tell us about how long was it? ago that you became foster parents i guess you already said the age of your kids so if people are doing the math they're going to count about five years but tell us about like when it was that you started and just a maybe a quick synopsis of your story as foster parents and the kids that have come through your home yeah so uh yeah we it was about five years ago we got licensed and when we got licensed um our daughter was 18 months and i was nine weeks pregnant And we thought we would just do respite care. And then God surprised us a month in with a long-term placement, a baby boy. And um, that was a very, it was a hard placement. Um, A lot of it is just first-time foster parents, um, kind of baptized by fire a little bit. But (laughs) we learned a ton. um, And it did end in reunification. Um, It wasn't what we thought it was going to be, but... Um, I would say it's almost a cornerstone in our life as far as what God has done in our life. And I, I am more like Jesus <laughs> because of it. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, so he went home and seven weeks later I gave birth. And um, then we took a year off and to enjoy our baby boy. And um, we ended up with two more placements and they, um, stayed forever. God saw fit for them to become heartwigs. So, um, we've, we also did, um, about six months of full-time respite. So we've had about 50 or so kids in our home, Mm -hmm. which is short term. It's like babysitting overnight babysitting. So we've kind of dipped our toe into a lot of, we've, you know, just kind of had various experiences Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, so it's the flyover. Yeah, I guess. and you've yeah. had a variety of ages. Yeah, in the respite in the respite world, yeah. but the placements have been have younger. been littles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So at one time we had four kids, three and a half and under, and Ooh. Alyssa fed us. <laughs> she kept us alive, <laughs> and she watched the kids, and she was uh, 
it, it is important to have that go to the people you know will say yes no matter what like yeah. literally unless they are puking <laughs> can i say puking on the podcast sure um it's a parenting podcast it's a parenting yeah, podcast. although it goes both ways you did come watch my kids when i was puking yes once. i mean yes yes <laughs> that's just the kind of friends we are that's right so so yes they i i specifically remember not long into that first placement i texted you and charity pearson and said i can't walk in the kitchen because i will Mm-hmm. get sick and mm-hmm. I can't handle this and you guys came running with <laughs> all the goods so yes they were definitely the people that kept us going mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's super important uh we were just talking a little bit about how community is is so vital mm-hmm. to well as Christians we believe community is is vital for various reasons but certainly if you're considering being a foster parent having that community around you is mm-hmm. super important Alyssa, why don't you talk about a little bit about our story and how we became foster parents, and uh, mm-hmm. we don't need to take super long since we're the host. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, our story is similar in that that I have adopted family members, and so mm-hmm. along the same lines, like adoption has always been something that just feels like that's what God wants us to do, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so that felt normal and and um, and all of that to us, and something we talked about even when we were dating. But then kind of how that would happen or what that looked like or if it was foster care was kind of a conversation we had had for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and you guys got licensed and I kind of felt like, well, maybe that's what God wants us to do. But we weren't on the same page and we didn't agree, um, Jared and I, about the timing and if that was what God wanted us to do. And so I jumped I said, well, if God doesn't want us to be foster parents, then I'm going to jump in and help my friends who are. And maybe that's my calling. And, you know, I'm not going to be feel sorry for myself that I don't get to do this thing that I think that God wants me to do. I'm going to say, you know what, maybe God wants me to be the support. And so we just jumped in and and we were already friends, but just kind of getting in close and seeing what foster care really looked like by mm-hmm. bringing meals, by babysitting, by being available. And I had the time we were, I stayed home full time with my kids. And so we were flexible with our schedule and could just kind of show up and do what needed to be done. Um, and then it continued to be a conversation between the two of us. Yep. And one day Jared said, yes, <laughs> let's do it. I don't remember that day. But, uh, <laughs> Apparently I did. <laughs> she does. <laughs> no, we, and that's important, by the way, if you're considering another thing is you both need to be on the same page um, for, for your marriage sake. And that's yeah. really just marriage advice across the board. Big unless, decisions. unless both of you are, are on board um, with some big des- decision, um, you need to be unified as you go forward because there will be trying times and you can look at each other and say, Hey, this is what we were called to, and we both agreed mm-hmm. to it. Um, part of it for us, though, as well, was um, from the Lord. I think yeah. uh, James chapter 1 uh, speaks to this a little bit. There's various other passages in the, in the Bible that, that talk about this, but um, really one of the biggest reasons that we decided to become foster parents, James chapter 1, verse 27, that says, religion, uh, here it is, let me pull it up, sorry. Religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And this verse really is uh, right 
the verse right before it, James 1 to 26, help us kind of see the context of that verse. It says, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. So that's the context here versus James 1, 26 and 27 is talking about um, really controlling the tongue, concern for the helpless, um, and then also avoidance of worldliness. So that's uh, my little mini sermon. Um, this is not just a call to foster parents, but really to all Christians is mm-hmm. to control your tongue, to have a concern for the helpless, and to avoid worldliness. And that's kind of the rest of the book of James talks about that as well. And so um, for us, what that meant was, hey, uh, we feel like God is calling us to to foster care for some others. It may, may mean uh, you're supporting some families in foster care, or it may mean you're supporting some people who are homeless or maybe some widows uh, in your community. Mm -hmm. Um, But a concern for the helpless, God calls us to that. um, And that's, I guess, specifically what we're talking about today. So Mm -hmm. that's a little bit about our story and how we became foster parents as well. So, Um, okay. So there's lots of different things that we'd love to cover, and we're going to try to just rapid fire cover some of them. But let's start with maybe some difficulties of being foster parents, maybe that people don't even realize um, as we go into it. David. One of the biggest difficulties is um, it's not so much the children. I mean, if you're already a parent or if you're at that stage in life where you think you're ready to be, mm-hmm. you're probably ready to handle a baby or a toddler or a teenager. <laughs> the thing that will cause you the most stress, honestly, is going to be the system. Mm-hmm. It's going to be dealing with not knowing what's going to happen with the kid tomorrow, whether it's going to stay or whether it's going to go, or... Um, or dealing with the stresses of the change of the case because yeah. it's going to change and it's mm-hmm. going to evolve throughout t- throughout the course of the uh, throughout the course of the child's time in foster care, and so that's that's where your job as a foster parent is to take on that stress for that child. Yeah, right. and I mean foster care is unnatural. <laughs> um, I, I mean foster care is a result of the fall of man and sin. Like this yep. is not a part of God's plan. So mm-hmm. basically a lot of the aspects of it are going to be difficult because Mm -hmm. this is not what God intended. Um, And it's a broken system ran by sinful people. And, um, and learning how to advocate and navigate the system while parenting, there's another layer. And that's why I always say that um, foster parents we need help the entirety of the case. A lot of times when, you know, you have a baby, you especially need that help in the beginning, but generally you can kind of catch on, but really we need support the entire time because there's just a lot of, um, we call it a roller coaster mm-hmm. and you just, you cannot predict anything. And one day you think it's things, you know, like David said, it's going to go one way and it goes a different way the next day or, you know, you get a different worker or, you know, there's a lot of things, but there are those of us who have gone before Mm -hmm. and we love to mentor. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so 
you know, finding a community within the foster care system of other foster parents who have gone before and we can speak, speak to those issues and, and help navigate. So, you know, if you decide to take the plunge someday, don't feel like you're going to be in it alone. Um, a lot of us are very passionate about helping other foster parents navigate. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's probably one of the hardest things that you, I don't think you see coming and I don't know how you guys were. Well, maybe you got a front row seat to some of our crazy, but I had no idea about the system part. I literally was like, we have a bed. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> Which I did hear. I have heard the argument that sometimes that's how God, you know, yeah. makes you do it. Like yeah. that naive. Right. What's the word? Naive. Thank you. Mm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is, is how, you know, you can jump in and God uses you to start. But yeah. 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 So that's one big thing. Yeah. Any other difficulties or we can kind of jump on to, to some other things here. We're good. I think there, there are some common phrases that yeah. people say to foster parents that, or assume or just, yeah, just yeah. questions they have or things they say. So let's kind of talk about some of those. Um, one of them would be the phrase foster to adopt mm -hmm. is kind of a common one that people say, mm -hmm. what do you say about that? I say it's not a thing. <laughs> and that's, by the way, what we learn even in the classes that we take yeah. to be foster parents. Yeah. That was actually a surprise to me mm -hmm. um, because it just seems like it's something so common. People talk about it yeah. all the time. But it, It's class. confusing, too, because you actually can get your, quote, foster to adopt license. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's really it really isn't a thing. Reunification is always the goal. Yeah. And it and that kind of yeah with the difficulties is it it can be really hard when you hear of why a child was removed mm -hmm. and just injustice and abuse neglect all these things and you think wow, there's no way this kid can go back right yeah. it does not matter what they've done reunification is always the goal mm -hmm. um and if reunification with the parents is not a, a part of it then it's usually always with family yep. um and i would say especially in the state of iowa is very very pro birth family um and you just have to know that going into it right. and but i think it's been good for me to understand that none of our kids are ours mm -hmm. <laughs> like they're all the lords mm -hmm. and so i think that was something for me that god has even used in those hard times because it, it can get difficult when sometimes it's not always easy to be pro birth parent mm -hmm. um when you see difficulties come up um, but just trying to have that soft heart and continually praying for them and, um, yeah, it can get sticky, but you need to know that. And then if adoption is very much on your heart and you go into foster care, it can be very hard to be pro reunification mm -hmm. yeah. and that can make it very difficult on the whole situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Um, uh, so yeah, I would say kind of remove that from your brain. If that's yeah. something you're adoption's a possibility, but not the goal. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And honestly, really not most of the time. That's, that's not where it ends up. Mm -hmm. The goal is, is to be reunified with mm -hmm. biological parents mm -hmm. or even adopted by a family member, like you mentioned. So, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. A lot of times people will say, wow, you're a, f they'll find out you're a foster parent and they'll say, wow, I can't believe like, 
that's amazing. You're an amazing mm-hmm. person. I could never do that. And a lot of times their excuse is I'd get too attached. Mm-hmm. David will talk to that. Yeah. <laughs> that that's so hard for me because whether you sign up for foster care or not, the child is going to go into care. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to go through a hard time whether you're there to be a comfort, whether you're there to show them Christ's love or not. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the fact that you if that is your only excuse and you're being called to it, that's a selfish excuse in my mind. Because yeah. mm-hmm. there's a child that is in a shelter right now that needs your help and you're and you're denying a command from God. Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah. And so. everyone listening went and signed up to get <laughs> licensed. <laughs> Make the altar call right now. Yeah, Come on down. Every head bad, every eye closed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we, want, we should be getting too attached, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the, yes. that is the point. These children, yes. it is part of their development. Um, mm-hmm. It is a normal thing for a child to seek out an adult and to attach to them and mm-hmm. create strong emotional bonds. And if you're the adult in their life, you're going to create bonds with them too. There, mm-hmm. You cannot stop it. It is healthy. It is mm-hmm. part of the process. And if they do get reunified, it is your job as the foster parent to bear that burden mm-hmm. and feel that pain so the child doesn't have to go it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who better than Christ followers yeah. to yeah. do it, yeah. you know, because yeah. there's... There's plenty of families out there doing it, and they do not have the hope of Christ. Yeah. And um, and I even think, like, when you talk about attachment, our first foster son, David, was the first dad he knew. And when he was reunified and saw his dad for the first time, he was acting very natural with him, like, you know, his dad would throw him in the air and it was fine. He was giving me snacks. And it was then that I realized David taught him how to be a dad. So when he yeah. went back mm-hmm. to his biological dad, it was, you know, a seamless transition. Mm-hmm. So that's when it really clicked for me why attachment is so important and what a gift it is to give that to children because yeah. that affects their whole life yeah. with it, relationships. They're, I mean, you're not just helping them in that time, like, you're helping rewrite their brain from trauma mm-hmm. when you attach to a child and you now they can have healthy relationships later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about the people that ask, um, is it expensive to be a foster parent? That's a great accountant, question. Accountant, David. David, the accountant <laughs> will answer that one. It's, it's really not. Um, the state does give you a stipend. It cov- reimbursement. A, re- a reimbursement. They cover, uh, they, they do reimburse for daycare. They give you a monthly re, uh, reimbursement for for n- basic Whatever. necessities, clothing um, reimbursement, and on top of that, Sailorville does have a Hartford Des Moines cr- uh, group that is already set up to help meet some of the emergency needs for mm-hmm. for short term placements. Or you know, there's a child on my doorstep in the next 24 hours. We need diapers, cribs, and mm-hmm. clothes tonight. Mm-hmm. So ready. So those types of things, you already have access to as a potential foster or as a foster parent in this community group. Mm -hmm. So if you're struggling financially to do it, um, that, that just won't happen. I will tell you though, that, um, some, they are, a lot of the state's payments are reimbursements. So it is important that you have at least a small nest egg Mm -hmm. set up. So that way you can afford to make 
the monthly daycare payments before right. the state reimburses you. But yeah. again, yeah. finances should not be a reason to hold you back. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We found that too. I was a little personally, I'm, I'm the, the bean counter in our family. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if we can afford this, but now we've been in it for several months and it's like, yeah, the Lord has provided yeah. not only the state helps, but our community. And mm. that has not been an issue mm. at all. We've, yeah. we've been blessed far and above what we could ever ask or think. And mm-hmm. um, if God calls you to it, he's going to make it yep. possible. Right. He'll make it possible. Yep. yep. Yeah, That's exactly that. right. Yeah. What about some people have had the question even for us of um, how, how do you get kids into your home? Like, do they just assign a child to you? Do you get to choose the child? That seems to be a common question. People don't really know. How does that work? How do you end up with a kid? They just show up on your doorstep. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, The classes teach you to say no. Yeah. To kids, because I think that people think whatever call they get, they get, they have to say yes to. Mm -hmm. The whole point of the classes really is you need to figure out what's right for your family um, and what your family and your community can support the type of child Mm -hmm. that they can support. And um, there are times when God just says, I'm going to throw you a curveball and you're going to say yes to this. But for the majority, I would say, you know, we even told our parents, okay, this is what our thing is. If you ever hear us say, you know, we want to go off the path to kind of challenge us on that and make sure that we are doing what is best for our family, especially I think when you have permanent children in your home, um, because you're really partnering in ministry with those, with our children. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, we always recommend starting with respite care if you can do that, um, just to get a feel for, you know, what ages and genders would be good for your um, family and your dynamics. Um, but taking into account all the whole family and what they they think would be a good fit. And then, honestly, this might sound crazy, but I feel like truly when you're supposed to say yes, the Holy Spirit makes you say yep, yes absolutely absolutely. <laughs> yeah um so there's peace in that too when god is guiding you through this that really when you do get the call and it's a yes call that he won't let you so say no mm-hmm. i don't yeah. know if that's what you were looking for but that's no. what i said <laughs> no that makes sense makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense and it yeah it plays out in in the real real world that mm-hmm. way as well so we have some people listening that might be considering uh, becoming foster parents. So what would you say to someone that's listening and thinking about becoming a foster parent? What do you think? Um, we talked about the marriage thing. That was my big thing, but we already kind of um, hit on that. Um, I would say the best thing to do is get a closer proximity to a foster family. Yeah. Um, if you know a family like you know, like Alyssa was talking about, she kind of did wraparound care for our family, which brought you guys even in closer and mm-hmm. helped her get to know the system. Um, if you don't have that and you go to Sailorville, we would love to have you on <laughs> our Hartford Des Moines core team um, that we we lead with Sean and Julie Fletchall. And um, it's kind of, you know, our group that, you know, they're kind of on the front lines of people to that hear the needs right away, um, you know, within probably a couple hours of me knowing that there's a new placement or mm-hmm. whatever it may be, mm-hmm. um, and being those people that will say yes right away and jump jump to. Um, 
you know, start being those people that, that say yes, like practice saying yes in those ways. Um, so when God does say yes, it's time you're Mm -hmm. ready to say yes. And you just gain education, um, learning more about trauma and, um, just the family dynamics when it comes to having a foster kid come in. You mentioned even, you know, being a part of a community group with, yeah, so that was, a, that was a big thing that brought us closer to saying yes to starting foster care. So if you're in a community group with another foster family, not only are you going to be in the front lines trenches with them, hearing the stories and praying with them and watching them go through that, but you're going to be able to pour into their lives and help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're also in there with them doing it, it's not going to be as scary for you yeah. if that is something that you're called to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about the people that feel like maybe foster care is for them, but they're worried about their biological kids. They already have kids in their home, mm-hmm. maybe young, maybe not so young, um, but they're worried about how that's going to affect them. Do you have mm-hmm. any words of advice for them? Yeah. If they're old enough, talk to them about it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, get their buy-in because this is something that they're going to have to do with you. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to, have another sibling member in their family and mm-hmm. they've got to be a part of it. Um, and I always say that when it comes down to it, if God is asking you to do this and this is truly an act of obedience and you really, really feel like this is what God has for your life and you're kind of going through these logistics in my mind, if you say no, the consequences of your disobedience will far outweigh any struggles that your biological children will mm-hmm. experience as a foster parent or sibling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are many blessings that we've seen with our children. Like I said, our daughter was 18 months mm-hmm. and she, you know, did experience her foster brother leaving when she was like two and a half or something like that. She still talks about him. And, and even though she was little, but then the flip side, having, you know, foster siblings that are now a part of our family forever. It actually helped her understand the idea of adoption and how Christ has adopted us. And she actually um, made a profession of faith based off of that connection. So, I mean, that alone is worth it in my yeah. mind for my <laughs> yeah. children to, right. child to understand so the gospel. So your kids will get saved <laughs> if you start. Yes. You heard it here first. That's a, that's a guarantee. <laughs> Uh, no, that is that is super important. I honestly, that was one of my concerns as well. At going into it, man, we have kids mm-hmm. already in the home. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I feel like our kids have loved it. Um, mm-hmm. They jump in, they help, and and our kids were old it. enough to talk to about it. We yep. talked to them before, yeah. really jumping in, and yeah, and and not to say there haven't been hard days, or mm-hmm. you know, they're playing with my toy, or they're you know whatever. Um, but they're siblings. Yep. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like any normal sibling, you know, and, and it's been a, they were, I think a little afraid about it when there are so many unknowns, but mm-hmm. then once we took a placement, it became kind of normal to them. And, um, yeah, they've helped and they love it. And mm-hmm. it's been really a, a blessing to us. I think Jenny, it, well, it opens up their worldview too, yeah, mm-hmm. like so much and their compassion for others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like sometimes 
is convicting. She's like, you know, we have two beds open. Like, what are you doing? I thought you said you were foster parents. Trying to get that 15 passenger van. Oh, oh man. <laughs> uh, and kind of, I don't know. I feel like this kind of flows into it is that knowing that if you, if you do be, decide to become licensed, you're not signing up forever. Like there's seasons of life. Like yeah. we have taken off an entire year. We didn't have one foster kid in our house for a yep. whole year. And, and knowing like, yeah, this, that was a good season. Like that season worked out and needed. Yes. And yep. you know, there were seasons where it, it did work to take kids. And now we're in a season where we need to settle as a family and we need to really cultivate the hearts and minds of the children in our family right now. Um, you know, we're still licensed. We do respite once in a while, but like we have backed off from full-time placements. And I think just the freedom of that, knowing that, you know, you just, we take it day by day and what God has in front of us today, mm -hmm. you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. But you're also full-time support for other families, which is right. huge. We are. I mean, you've yeah. been through a lot of it and you have yes. a heart for other parents and supporting people who are going through it, mm -hmm. which that's part of the community and, and right. you feel that and know mm -hmm. that that was important in your own story, in your own life. So, yeah. Let's talk to the people who they know that God's not calling them to be foster parents, but maybe there's something else they can do to support foster parents. Talk to them. They come on the core group. Yeah, Hart, <laughs> Hartford. Hart, Hartford, Des Moines. <laughs> How many times We're can really we say Hartford, Des Moines? Um, well, yeah, yes. without all jokes aside, yeah. here at Sailorville Church, we have uh, Hartford, Des Moines, which is one of the, the arms, I suppose, of that is uh, a foster care community where we are calling people to be a support. Mm -hmm. especially people who have a heart maybe for foster care or maybe you've done it before or maybe they they know they would like to be involved in some way but aren't aren't willing or or don't feel like god is calling them to actually do foster care um well so the question really is what does it look like to support a foster family right? yeah what are what are the things yeah. that foster families need yeah yeah um First thing is, I think education is super important, um, learning what foster care is and what it's like to be in a foster family, um, which if you do become a part of our team, we do hold like quarterly meetings and um, and hopefully some more ongoing support groups in the future to help educate people so you know best how to uh, serve a foster parent. Mm -hmm. um, one thing is how to act around a foster family. David, I know you had a good point on this. Yeah, so foster families, it's, very, it's, it's, it's important to check up on them, ask them questions about their kids. How can we pray for you? What's going on with the case? These are all normal questions, and it's, it's good. Um, just be real mindful about um, the way you phrase questions and who you ask them in front of. Mm -hmm. If you've got a foster kid in the room, maybe make that a private conversation for a later time mm -hmm. because they're little, but they pick up on a lot. Mm -hmm. And if they're overhearing foster mom and foster dad have these conversations in front of you, it can have, it, it might, it might have an effect on you and it can, mm -hmm. it can, it's not fun. Mm -hmm. So. Right. And know that we're kind of limited on what we can and can't share. And yeah. so just, you know, have a no pressure situation. I think just checking in on their spiritual and emotional um, state is important. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, 
just remembering, honestly, like I always say, find out when their court hearings are or like big things going on and just Mm -hmm. write it down and remember and let them know you're thinking of them, praying for them, send scripture, that kind of thing Mm -hmm. through the entirety of of the case. Because really when they first get a placement, it's just it's survival mode. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of their kind of schedule goes out the window a little bit. And so coming in at that beginning and and having kind of that wraparound care, bringing the diapers, bringing the the clothes and meals. I think meals are just always important. Now, I'm not a huge cook, so I really <laughs> wanted the meals all the time. <laughs> um, but I think meals are helpful all the time. Because like we said, it's not just parenting. It's also advocating and navigating the system. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of extra time on the phone and doing emails, trying to sort out visits and mm-hmm. um, hearings and all that kind of thing. Um, so there's kind of that at the beginning that's a really, you know, that they need a lot of extra grace and a lot of extra help. Mm-hmm. And then even at the end, when it wraps up, whether it's reunification or the child gets moved to a family member or even a different foster family or something, um, because in some situations you have siblings that are split up and then they have to come up with a permanency plan and then they maybe move all of them to an adoptive placement or something. Like, just know that families really are grieving that mm-hmm. loss, even if it was good, even if it was mm-hmm. like, even if everyone feels good about it, it's still a loss. It's still one less plate to make at breakfast time mm-hmm. and kiddo to tuck in at bed. And so just giving them space for that and continuing to pour into them and know like they're not done with that. They're, you know, there's still stuff mm-hmm. there that they're working through. And then adoption, adoption is a new ministry. And for us right now, adoption is our ministry right now um, because children from foster care do have trauma, even mm-hmm. if they're infants. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, if you can become more informed about tra- trauma, that alone is huge mm-hmm. to, you know, be able to navigate. If you see, if you have a family in your community group or at church and you see a kid melting down or maybe having trouble going to their class or something, like, just know these, they they have to parent differently because it's a foster child and it's a, a child with trauma. Mm-hmm. And so giving them space to let them handle it how they need to. Maybe if you know their other kiddos, maybe, hey, come over here and let's, you know, try to distract them or something. Yeah. That can be something that's really helpful. But um, parenting advice does not go very far with foster kids <laughs> unless you are very informed in mm-hmm. trauma. Um, so I don't know. Those are... Yeah, I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Well, uh, we're kind of getting to the end here. Any other practical tips you might have or maybe something you were like, oh, I really wanted to mention this, but we didn't have a time to. Alyssa, Jenny, David. We just always say, say yes to God, whatever that do the next right thing. Always take the next step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whether it's getting to know someone, a foster family, whether it's an application or just going to an orientation and learning more or joining our group just Mm -hmm. do the next right thing and god will lead you yeah yeah um we always like to provide some resources we'll link some resources here as we always do to this podcast but any resources you want to maybe have a shout out for something right now have we mentioned heart heart for des moines (laughs) oh there it is there's one resource there's a lot of podcasts and books and things i mean we have some of our favorites that are maybe a little bit more trusted biblically um, or gospel centered, we can kind of put those in the show notes, but otherwise just other 
people in your community. Yeah. Local people. And and real quick, foster care looks different in different states. So yeah. sometimes you'll hear podcasts mm-hmm. and it doesn't completely line up if it's not mm-hmm. our county or yeah. our state. Or mm-hmm. even, you know, five or 10 years from now, it might look different than it does today. Right. Or even less than that. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Because we hear stories from 10 years back and it's like, yeah, well, that we don't do it that way anymore. Right. You know, so things are constantly changing. But um, the call from God on your life, maybe to to jump in and and help uh, a family or some children who are in need or having a concern for the helpless is always there. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, well, I think with that. That is it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Parenting Podcast. Special thanks goes out to David and Jenny. Um, I forgot the button with the clapping, so we're not going to do that. Um, Again, we'll provide some further resources here that relate to today's topics in the show notes. Check those out. uh, Take advantage of them. And uh, make sure you tune in to our next podcast. We'll, Lord willing, be dropping on August 1st. We are going to be hearing from Pastor Kurt and his wife, Karen, and we're going to be talking about their experience as parents and now grandparents. Um, We're just really excited about them uh, just coming and sharing some wisdom with especially those of us who are a little younger um, and right in the middle of parenting right now. So uh, that's it. Thanks for joining us.